Hello everyone and welcome to the 49th episode. It's too much of You are listening to Amos Pants, a legacy podcast. A show where three handsome guys talk about their favorite magic the gathering format, legacy. This show is brought to you by queernessatanycast.com and austrian-legacy.com. You can support the show at patreon.com slash response underscore legacy. And now, lean back and show. Hello everyone and welcome to the 49th episode Vienna Breakfast of In Response, a legacy podcast. I'm Philip Klein. I am Daniel. And I'm Peter Plank. And we're talking about legacy most of the time. Ah, that was a really nice intro this time. So fa uh, thank you for our patrons, Matt Duncan and Christian Noitz for making all this possible. If you want to join this elite club of patrons, go to patreon.com slash response underscore legacy. And now we head into our episode. So guys, I have a question for you. And be honest, what is the most important meal of the day? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's everyone or every time you get to eat. Or, or uh, like, like in the Lord of the Rings, uh, It was like the second breakfast or... The yes, there is breakfast and, and there is time. second breakfast yeah, yeah, and tea breakfast, time. Yeah. Second breakfast, lunch, yeah. a brunch, lunch, and then there's... Uh, Afternoon tea and was yeah. this, whatever. Was this from Gimli? No, no, no. no. This was Mary from and Mary and Pippin. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God, Peter, you need to get your fixed straight. And you keep yourself. <laughs> It's breakfast, of course. It was a really, really great weekend. I went, actually we all went to... No, no, not really, but yeah... <laughs> Uh, okay, you wanted to say we went to Vienna, yeah. Yes, Th that's true. We went to Vienna. <laughs> <laughs> And, well, I myself enjoyed a healthy, nutritious breakfast there at the 1K. It was a Vienna. little bit fishy. It was a little bit fishy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the puns are incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was different than a squid game that I would have liked, but it is a made to bed. Wow! Of of uh, the 1K Vienna, uh, free for one, kind of that we had, and I think this would be yeah, this is a good good thing to debrief and talk about talk about it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm yeah, I got demolished on this weekend. So that that's enough said. You you didn't chose the right deck, you know. Yeah, the right deck would be Blue Red Delvo Initiative, am I right? <laughs> no, it would no. be Breakfast, of or course. Or Painter. Yeah, uh, Painter. Maybe yeah. the Bob Ross was strong in this day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a really nice event organized again from the Free for One shop in, in Vienna. Oh. We had like 54 players there. I think there were a lot. I mean, it was outsailed yeah. before, but there was some trouble with the weather that some players couldn't arrive in time or at all there so <clears throat> it was kind of okay 
and we had a strong showing from our community. Oh yes, I think we were like <laughs> 20 people or it 20, was 21 I think. 21, 20 or 21, yeah. yeah. So almost half of Linz meter. This is really nice. Upper Austria is striking strong. Uh, kind of, yeah. A community march to <laughs> Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it was a really in, insane day actually. I mean, yeah, it's... The day was very strange. It was so... Uh, how, how do I say this? The the day was incredible for community work. But it was so, yeah, fucked up just for 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 playing it. For for me, for results and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, was, what was your record in the end? Um, I think I could have won against Christian. Mm -hmm. But I just um, offered him the draw. Because I felt a little bit bad, I uh, I won two and zero, and said, "Yeah, well, let's just draw. That's okay." But this, I was already one for it this time. Ah, okay, yeah. So, so I was so out of, all so out of contention <laughs> that, that you can't be. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the the only um, the only match I won was against uh, Red Black Phoenix uh, Burn List, something like that. Yeah, and. Unfortunately, um, even though uh, my deck has an awful lot of uh, life linkers and swords and and uros and whatnot, um, it was pretty, pretty, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, this kind of um, speaks for the deck a little bit, and in a sense, you know, this is. Oftentimes, even if you have these options, um, if they are clunky and if your opponent gets you in the right kind of spots, then these kind of tools can be kind of useless also. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's and, definitely and true. And sometimes you, you just can burn out, you know, and the tempo, tempo is definitely a factor that you can't negate, um, even when you have Uros, for example, or, or uh, Cathy's. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm still I'm still convinced Catherine is a good card, and I'm also still convinced that um, that we haven't seen her seen her in a good or in the right shell um, as long as they aren't on MTGO. I guess for that we can refer to our last episode where we talk oh, yeah. about the differences between card magic and online magic, and this is actually one one topic in yeah. there. Just a side note. Oh yeah, L uh, check it out was a great episode yeah it seems like the deck is just a little bit too slow to to compete in the current meta yeah that's true although i uh played the white plume adventurers uh yeah. four off and did you play it with four nobles yeah with four nobles okay. to to be faster but i actually gotta say the white plume adventurers weren't really that strong okay it it felt more like the stronger card of the of the initiative deck is definitely seasoned dungeoneer it's insane actually how how fast and how big this this thing gets it's scary <laughs> why plum adventure on the on the one that is just like yeah it's a free drop that enables the initiative but that's yeah it, most of the time it's not really a problem you've got ice fan codes or I mean, strixes or something yeah, I, i guess one of the ideas behind this is Initiative, in a sense, and White Plum Adventurer in particular, is designed to work as a proactive card that is not really impactful when you are behind already. So when you're drop-taking the card and you're facing two creatures, 
I mean, what does White Blue Adventure for you? Nothing. Yeah, kind nothing. Of. And this is the problem also probably with this kind of deck when you are... And it is, I would consider it as a mid-range deck, actually. It is not really a control deck. No, not really. And it's also not really a tempo or proactive deck because you have forces, because you have reactive spells, and you're not really looking to curve out uh, or, you know, go proactive when with what Initiative wants to do with yeah. one turn one, play a three-drop, and turn two, follow it up, ideally with a four-drop and stuff like this. This is not what the the, the band deck that you played uh, is is up for. So in that sense, maybe White Blue Adventurer would not be the perfect fit for this deck. Yeah, I totally felt uh, I felt so. For sure, it's a it's a little bit sad, but I actually picked the deck apart again. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still trying to find uh, my place in the current meta. It's, uh, for for me, that's not really easy. I mean, I, I took a look at uh, Death Shadow, like yeah, we talked in the pre in the pre show. Um, but I don't want to learn uh, a deck that's really tuned for this meta, and maybe falls out of favor rather sooner than. Could than be the definitely the case. I mean, it depends on what Wizards wants to do with the meta. Um, for the time being, Death Shadow is definitely a good choice. It also made Tobet, by the way. Yeah, for sure. For this event. Um, and I think it was this kind of version with Greaves and yeah. Reanimate. It was my round one opponent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is It is a strong deck, definitely. Yeah. But you need to really get the reps in for this yeah, deck. Yeah, because it's not that you're always... Um, if, even when you're watching it, it feels like you're living on the edge. All, all the time, It's it's never... Uh, you have to navigate the each matchup so closely, and it's actually I I play to have fun a little bit, and that's just too much for my liking. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really hard deck. It's it's an but it rewards. Yeah, that's, for sure, that's, for sure, for sure. It's rewarding. Yeah, there. I think this is kind of where we could actually scratch some magic theory inside. I think this deck would be a perfect example that is a trap for players that are focusing on value too much because value is something like card advantage like um, two for ones whatever um, but value is a way to win to go bigger than an opponent but also what you can do is uh, go the tempo route you know yeah this 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 uh, deploying a threat uh, a huge then investing cards like grief uh, exiling a black card and whatever take the removal spell then play a death shadow and ride it to victory this is all you know if you would think long term oh my god what i'm doing for example when i'm grieving and i have like swords and i don't know a lot of big big bombs in the opponent's hand you typically would think okay what i'm going to do I'm, I'm i'm just gonna die but then you you could maybe maneuver it in such a way that you Deploy a quick trap and win before the cards in or the value for your opponent comes into effect. So this is also a way to to win, and this is also I think one of the biggest reasons why Death Shadow is a possible or potentially a good deck in a format that has source of in it. Yeah, Death Shadow is always um, a rather strange deck. It's it, it basically disappears overnight, and then it appears again and it just uh, gets gets results in it's and then it then it disappears again and it, and it's always the same thing like I think Death Shadow is a, a dead deck 
most of the year around, yeah. Yeah, I think Def Jam is like a small group of, I want to call it elite players, that really know the deck. And if they feel their current meta suits the deck, they will invest into the deck. And if they get the feel that Death Shadow is a little bit on the decline from a power level standpoint there, uh, they will just switch the deck to whatever they played before or go to a new deck. But I think Death Shadow is like a really, really good deck to learn the format with. Really? I'm not sure. I think I, I, uh, my Blue Red Delva is, Delva, yeah. is, is better. But I think if you enjoy like uh, the Discord outlet too, it can be a deck to learn the format that you can invest into. And if you get good with it, it can be really rewarding. <laughs> you you certainly need to accept get the good. fact. <laughs> yeah, you get good and, and you, you need will to... get smashed into the face. Yeah, exactly. Really oh, hard. Yeah, you need to accept time. the fact that you probably will lose a lot of the times at the beginning. Yeah. Certain same stuff, like for example, with Storm or other decks. Yeah. yeah. But you have a good learning curve, like how do I play my, my yep. watery graves? When do I go for basics? When do I go exactly. for the underground sea? I think you have a lot of decisions that can be rewarding uh, in the in the short term and in the long term. Speaking of, of that um, short term, long term, I think one of the decks that can also do that is Painter, kind yeah. of. So this brings brings it kind of to your experience, Peter, what... what was your fair at the tournament? <clears throat> I mean, it was kind of frustrating at first. Because <laughs> played first round against <laughs> Death Shadow. Started off with a mulligan to five. <laughs> then played a land pest to my opponent. My opponent grieved me. Reanimated his grief to put my second paint out of my starting hand. Then double wasted at me. And yeah, that was game one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that physically hurt. But yeah, it, it was okay. I played the second game well, yada yada, third game I lost, felt a little bit hard because, I, I mean, it didn't really prepare for the tournament, but if, I still felt confident because I felt the spark to paint again. Um, and Happy yeah, little incidents. Yeah, happy little <laughs> incidents. But then it came to my mind, the first time I drew Fable <laughs> was game three <laughs> in my second match, which I also lost, um, <laughs> against Naya Depps. Uh, also kind of, yeah, I, I, I really played bad the second game uh, and then I get got myself a break with a bye and then won, uh, won the last three rounds uh, against Mono Black Helm, then against Jeff and Schütz on Blue Red Delva and I don't know the last round anymore, but I won. Ah, you, it was Slivers. Like, ah, okay, Slivers. <laughs> you were like 4-2, and two, right? Like I was 4-2 like yeah. mm -hmm. at the end, got myself. 30 bucks back with mm. entry. Top 16. Top 16. And yeah, the, the deck really felt good. Chaos Defiler is so good. And in yeah, in Painter you can really uh, hard cast your Furies too. So they don't really feel like as a as a pitch card. As a pitch card. You can hard cast it, you get some value out of it. And I think I won twice with the Painter kill. Uh, from 10 wins, match, uh, game wins. So, yeah, Paint is really now a mid-range deck and not a combo deck anymore. Wow. But, yeah, Goblin Welder is, like, so fucking good. Uh, but, yeah, Painter uh, really feels strong currently. Um, 
and yeah, they are like sidebar cards like Seeds of Innocence and Meltdown, but they don't really feel that great against paint anymore. Yeah, it's fine. You have still your engine cards. and Yeah, and you need just a welder and an engineer. Yeah. But which sidebar cards would be really bad to play against? Uh, Hydroblast like... and removal spells. Okay. Co a collector if... roof? The collector roof is fine. The collector roof is fine, okay. Because you don't kill with the combo. Kataki? Kataki, Kataki, a little bit, but the the, the biggest nobody plays Kataki. <laughs> uh, but the, just say, but the biggest problem is like if you remove uh, all of the well then the engineer, you don't really have the engine going. Okay, yeah, I guess or something like a Leyland of the Void is really strong actually. Okay, wow. Currently. Yeah, so, it's not like that this game winning as well, but it's you can still win with the combo. Yeah, 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 you can win with the combo yeah. and you. Of course, but the, the whole engine behind it, the, the, the grindy plan is kind of shut off in yeah. a sense. Yeah, and you're more red, so you can't really blow it up or something. You can blast it with a paint and play, for example. Yeah, but, but that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Mm. You would just go for saga tokens or yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Make two sagas have two five five yeah, to yeah. attack your opponent. That, 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 that's the great thing about this this painter deck at the moment because it's not not really vulnerable to one single card, but more or less a combination of cards. It can yeah. also just lose to itself because it's still yeah. a non blue, blue deck. deck yeah. yeah, that's so, true. Which uh, was exactly in the first match against blue uh, against Death Shadow. Yeah, I drew like eight lands and neither of them were. A black source, yeah, and then it died against the free free death shadow with a chaos defile in hand. Oh my god, <laughs> that hurts! But yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles. Oh, yeah, and you know what? When you can have cookies, what would be a good time for have cookies? Breakfast, breakfast. And how did your breakfasting adventure went, Daniel? Pretty good, pretty good, actually. The only kind of devastating thing that I can report <laughs> is during the whole event and there were six rounds I was only paired against Linz guys oh six my God. times you... against Linz, Linz guys so you killed us all off I, I kind actually. of yeah so somebody joked from us that said okay yeah we are so many people we are like 21 we can just push some push someone to the top eight <laughs> any kind of did happen <laughs> <laughs> with myself but I had pretty tough matchups. I had two times control for color control with breakfast. I had two times Ua Delva. I had also what actually else? Rhinos. Rhinos? No, yeah, I, I had I had rhinos, but I but I drew. And then one more that I can't really remember at the moment. Um, but it was still a very strong deck. But anyways, it was definitely uh a really good showing of how great and strong this deck is. I did not play with Stoneforge Mystic, and I think I spoiled this last time. So only Baleful Tricks and Sagas and Vials. This is the perfect package that you need. Yeah, I gotta say, I really love this list. This is really it strong. So clean. Yeah. It just looks so good. It's 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 really really well oiled and works very well. But at the moment, uh, sometimes you really have the feeling that. Yeah, you're just playing some draft chaff, you know, a nom <laughs> nomads and core and and encephalite illusionist. Hatkas nakumi bequip shuku. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes it feels really what, what this feels so bad actually, but but 
then after a certain point, your mm. opponent really has to fear um, the combo. And then you just do the second piece. Ah, oh, it's combo and you win. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, it's not that easy. You have to play around a lot of interaction. For example, surgically is a big, big thing to have in mind. You can play around it by, for example, having a Thassa in hand or... Winning um, yep. only three cards at a time. Yeah. Hit one thing to hit, one Cabal Therapy. Before one of the pieces. But it's actually kind of only a 50-50 chance if you don't have uh, the Thassa in hand. And there's also the possibility that your opponent might go for an Akumiba surgically. This is sometimes the case or a problem if you have a Shoku kill. There's only sorcery speed. And besides that, um, what I really, really liked is what really surprised me is the power level kind of, of nomads in core okay, against, wow. against Delva. In my opinion, this was kind of the MVP card for me because um, I have... A, A lot of times I play, you know, Baleful Tricks. They typically try to ignore it some, sometimes, unless they want to go for a big Merc Titan or not. But usually they save the removal spells from my combo pieces. Yeah. Obviously. And the thing is, Nomads and Core cannot be blasted. This is very, very yeah. beneficial for this. So they only can really bolt it or maybe unholy hit it. But you can redirect the damage from Nomads in Core to uh, Baleful Strix, for example. So they kind of have to waste two removal spells that are on not Pyroblast on the Nomads. So I honestly am really a big fan of this card as a four-off in the main deck, specifically for the Delver matchup. And this happened twice to me that I got to redirect my Nomads to a Baleful Strix and then protect it and then <laughs> afterwards save it. Uh, save it and then go for the win. So overall, this was a really, really nice experience. Because it's that... Um... People are trying to surgically on Archimedes. Sometimes. Have you thought about splashing green for Memories Journey? Yes, there there are lists uh, popping here and there in the Discord that I have also read that are um, playing green for that reason. I personally don't like it because I don't think you need or you want to add another color that weakens your uh, whole deck for any draws of your opponent not having surgical. Yeah, yeah. so uh, for e each non-surgical case, your deck just is worse, kind of. And it doesn't I prefer work with Shuko. It doesn't work with Shuko, also kind. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, Memory Stone is instant, right? So yeah, you, you have to minute first or have it in your hand. Yeah, 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 exactly. Also, yeah, and 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 given that a lot of people play actually removal and the nomads is oftentimes not on the board, also. You also have to accept that you have to go for the Shuku line if you don't really want it because it's more consistent with the sagas. You can get it more easily. Um, yeah, in that sense, um, I I like a straight up or like um, like um, I had it in my sideboard an extra copy of Thassa's Oracle, for example. I like it much more than a memory's journey. Yeah. A memory's journey, for example. Yeah. yeah, I can totally see this. The second Thassa's Oracle is really strong. It basically comes in almost. Any matchup due to this fact that you just can hardcast it, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that was um, that was a line that I totally didn't know or fully fully missed. Mm -hmm. uh, where I commentated on our weekly, mm -hmm. 
and we had you on stream and we won through a Leyland of the Void yep. with a Fastest Oracle in hand and it was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you can just mill your deck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can just step through for Oracle the mill your deck and then hard cast it. What the fuck? How insane <laughs> is this shit? It was also on, on that very FNM or, or RL event. Um, it was off stream, but I played against Mono Black Helm combo. And my opponent played, had Leyland and uh, activated Helm combo, and then I just wild in Tata in my upkeep. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> and, that, and, and yeah, I just won with that. It also, also works. So in that sense, I thought just myself, thank you, <laughs> because I didn't have the combo. Yeah, you, you could also use this to win against Painter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of oh, course. That's, that's in that nice. sense, Painter is, I think, a tricky matchup. I haven't, I haven't played it, but it's... Painter must be really tricky. But, yeah. But you kind of have the six blasts. To Do you have the six blasts? This is a problem. But blasts combined with nomads is kind of doing nothing. That's the good thing. Um, blast with uh, Shuko lines, then, of course, is very strong. Yeah, the thing is how... Uh, it depends how good... Um, Chaos Defilers, because like with Chaos Defilers and with Goblin Welders, you have a lot of interaction to the board. So I kind of feel that you you can't really develop that big of a board. Yeah, but that, it really depends how it plays out. We have to test yeah, it on the paper. That would, of course, not be the plan for breakfast. You just go for the combo in one turn. Yeah. You just play Nomads and Zephyrid and then go off. That's the idea. And then ideally, you need to just defend from one blast because and all the other stuff is... Yeah, I mean, you can, of course, uh, with Valda instantly have a removal spell at the ready, but if the combo is assembled, it's instant speed, so yeah. removal spells don't do anything. Yeah, it, it depends more, like, if I can, like, Valda in and Chaos Defiler in response to the cast of the second creature and stuff like that. Yes, it's, then, of course. But that's pretty much everything. Yep. Yeah, so a pretty great weekend. Let's um, Last weekend, there was not really... Magic because of the pre-release. Yeah, because we are very simply aren't <laughs> yeah. playing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we kind of boycotting it. Yeah. But speaking of that, there's a new card that we could talk about. Oh really? Is is there something for Legacy in the new uh, edition? I'm not sure. I'm also not sure. I th I think if we we talk about this, this feels more like a minor misstep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's talk about Gernöl Georg and his <laughs> component. The Mercurial Spell Dancer. It's a two and a one for one and a blue. It's a creature for Rex and Rogue. Mercurial Spell Cancer can't be blocked. Whenever spell Cancer. Spell Cancer. <laughs> spell Dancer can't be blocked. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, put an oil count on Mercurial Spell Dancer. Oh my god, now I can't unread it. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever Mercurial Spell Dancer deals combat damage to a player, you may remove oh my god, two oil counters from it. If you do, when you cast your next instant sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure what to think about this card. Peter, you said it's like the new Dreadhorn Arcanist. Not, yeah, this was said by Max Torsion, right? Yeah, it yeah. was said by Max Torsion. I am a little bit on board with it because as Dreadhorn Arcanist, this card needs some form of setup. The problem with it is you need the setup after you cast the card. With Dreadhorn Arcanist, you played your turn one ponder, you dropped your turn two Dreadhorn Arcanist. With this, whatever you cast before, it doesn't really matter. But if you cast your turn three ponder, 
brainstorm, then you have two oil counters, then you can attack and get one oil counter. Uh, which means you have to cast a third spell in the third turn, for example. Um, but the thing is, um, I think it takes a similar role because it can't be blocked. It has a, a form of evasion in there. It is, is a, it is a value engine, but it isn't, of, of course, it isn't as strong as Dreaded Arcanist, but I think it has some form of potential, I would say. It, it can be toyed around, uh, but in the current meta, it's just too slow yeah, with that, initiative. That's, that's what I wanted to go on right here. Um, it's like, yeah, this card looks really nice on the surface, but it, like you said, you need so much setup. And with the new or, or in the current initiative uh, slash Delva meta, I simply can't see it. I, I don't see it. It's just too fragile for my liking. It's... At two and one, it dies to a stiff breeze. Mm -hmm. um, un unlike Dreaded Arcanist. Dreaded Arcanist was a one three. A one three, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it dies <laughs> to it's, everything, too. Yeah, it dies <laughs> to everything. And you need to pump a lot of resources into it to even matter. I like the fact that, you, that it's blue and pitchable to force. That's positive, yeah. That's a positive. It deals two, which makes the game fast a little bit. Yeah, that's also but true. But the problem is like... The setup uh, has to be done after you cast the card. That's the problem for me, um, because it basically does nothing uh, if you do stuff beforehand with like exiling stuff from a uh, graveyard as Dreadarkan is dead. Uh, yeah, and it's like, um, aren't we into today's era of um, sorceries on a stick? You mean with creatures? Yeah. And yeah, this this, this totally is a thing don't that feel like this um, isn't strong enough. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely a two mana heavy investment for a deck like Daryl that you just play and at the moment it does nothing. Kind I mean, of, kind snowball of. If it goes unchecked, yeah, for sure. The, I think one one of the thing or one big difference is okay. If we compare Dreadnought Arcanist to this card, uh, you can in theory both play turn two for the first round. Um, the thing that is going for Mercurial Spell Dancer kind of is that you can get value immediately by putting oil counters on it for daises or forces, whatever, that you can play. Dreaded Arcanist literally does nothing. But it all comes to the same effect because it needs to survive one turn and then afterwards you can generate some value out of it. Dreadout Arcanist kind of doesn't really need some investment is the, is the big advantage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, I think about the, if I think about the back in the day when we played Dreadout Arcanist. In the you, you just have the, wow. the cards naturally because uh, turn one, you... Cast you pondered. Kind of, yeah. Or you I, bolted your opponents of Bondo. Whatever, yeah. Uh, uh, and and you, you kind of have guaranteed kind of the resources, but Mercurial, it needs two extra cards, two extra spells, it needs to survive, and you need also to consider, as a, as a top deck, is this, this card is, in my garbage. opinion, really garbage. Yeah, and don't you all also need the third spell to... Yeah. The, yeah. So, so the first spells, spell yeah. that you yep. cast has to be the good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could be really, really strong if it's like an expressive iteration or whatever. 
but but that's the that's basically the expressive iteration is basically the the ceiling in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point, you know, double bolts or double blast, whatever, is also pretty pretty strong, of course. Yeah, for sure. Um, even double brainstorm or double ponder can can definitely be value. But what is that? It needs so much setup. It's difficult. What I like is that um, it is unblockable. That's definitely for sure. Other than that, it's difficult. I mean, you can go turn to Mercurial plus Bauble. You can just... Yeah. You need to up the yeah, Bauble count, true. which makes it a little bit more easier. But I'm also kind of hesitant in, in, in a sense that given the current f format, it should be difficult. And I think in the current format it doesn't have a place if the format goes uh, slower for like one turn or something like mm -hmm. that, with which can happen if we remove like uh, initiative out of the out of the equation. I think it's it's possible that this deck or this creature can have some form of competition in the format, um, but in the current iteration of Legacy, I don't think it has its place. Yeah, for sure. Whatever, what other cards do we have? There's another one that people really, really talk yeah, about. Uh, there was like a fret about it that yeah. it's like completely broken <laughs> and way too good. And we will have a remedy of something like 2015 okay, or something okay, like that. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. We are, we are for sure talking about minor mischief here. Mm -hmm. So it's an instant for one blue. And it, uh, what does it say? It says counter target spell that cost one or less. Or with mana value one or less. Okay, I mean... It's okay-ish, in my opinion. It's it's definitely not the mental mischief. Yeah, it's, it's uh, true. It's, it's blue. At, at first and foremost, it's blue. It's yeah. not two life, it's blue. So... You you are you are already fixed into the colors. Yes. Totally unlike mental mister. It's like I don't uh, I uh, actually I don't see it. I don't <laughs> see it. <laughs> I, I mean it has some form of application, but if the spell would say counted sp target spell that was cast with one mana or less, I would like this spell. Yeah, because yeah, it counters a force, yeah. it counters like the pitch cast from a grief or a fury, stuff like that. Then it would be really strong, actually. Then it, then it would be great, yeah, for sure. But this is, it feels like a worse spell pierce to me. Yeah, because you're, you're already <laughs> trading, uh, maybe not even up on mana, if you, or you trade even with mana, you trade, trade one card for one card and one mana for one mana. Um, and which one drops do you really want to counter these days? <laughs> Dragon Rage Channeler, for example. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, like, that impl uh, implicates you are on the play. Yeah. And your opponent doesn't have days. Um, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, probably I have, I have one question <laughs> that might maybe change your mind. Um, how good is Chalice of the Void on one in the format? I think it's okay. Currently, it's okay. Not it can that. be extremely good. It can, yeah, for sure. It can be extremely good. And this counters everything that is X 
one or less. Yeah, but the thing with Chalice is it's so great that you're basically that you basically can't ever play anything again true, that's one. And it's not like uh, oh well and, you counted my this is the thing. wow. In any in any any <clears throat> other format, even if you could consistently cast Chalice on one, it's not really a good card. For example, if you compare it to modern or whatever. Because Legacy is really a, de- a format that is heavily centered around one mana cost spells or less to a big extent. Uh, extent, I think this card can really, really be impactful, potentially. I'm not fully convinced, but I think I, person- I personally acknowledge the potential. Just because a lot of key cards can be uh, hit by this card. A lot of the times it would just act like a worse spell piece. At a certain point in time when you draw a spell piece and your opponent plays for it, this card is way, way better. Spell piece doesn't counter any threats, whatever. And even if you just counter a timely brainstorm, we, we shouldn't underestimate this, this, yeah, this, this yeah, countering. You're right. You're, you're totally right. So I don't think this is that obvious that it is just worse than I, a spell piece or a flusterstorm or whatever. It's I, totally different. I think the comparison is not like a minor mess to ink uh, to chalice. I think no, no, no. When, it's not when, the comparison. When we compare it, I think it's like the comparison would be for me like spells now to um, how's it called the the thing that you use with top to counterbalance. It's like because like the thing with counterbalance counts on an uh, on a timely basis for for a long time over a game. It, um, but the thing with minor mistip. As we, we we talked with with uh, with Georgie, uh, the spell dancer, um, the thing is that it's too reactive currently for the format. Especially, it does nothing basically against um, initiative. Initiative. I mean, it can't counter the Chromebooks or the Lotus Petal, but if you that, use that your counter feels spells, just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that feels so bad. Even if you're just trading one 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 card for one card. I mean, wow. I'm still not convinced. This is, uh, in my opinion, uh, a perfect card that um, you need to rethink not as a value card. This is a tempo card in in its own. And this is, I think, one one thing that is definitely um, the potential here. Not that I that I counter something with big mana value or whatever, just that I counter the correct piece in a correct time frame. So just that that, that my opponent stumbles, uh, I, that gives me I don't know one turn extra. I totally get it, but then then I got a question. For example, days compared with days, for example, days is so strong. Yeah, but days doesn't cost you mana. You yeah, but it sets out. you back one one land, for example. Mm-hmm. It is. I know it doesn't cost it, mana. It costs you mana in the long run. Yeah, that's, and, that's and why? Why is Delver playing four days when when you just you know, if you compare it with with Wasteland and stuff like this, opponent, if you waste, for example, your opponent can only then for one turn cast one mana spells. Then you counter it. Yeah. And stuff okay, like this. I see it, it, yeah. uh, there's potential to really tempo out your opponent. I think. I think there's potential here, but you have to think about it like the top end of the counter spells if if you know what i mean this isn't a thing that you will drop on turn turn one or turn two this is the thing that you counter an important spell on turn four yeah i think this is what you mean yeah uh, the thing 
yeah, exactly. I mean that this is um, that makes this card, in my opinion, good is that it is able to do that. Yeah, it's also good in turn one or two. This is the it's thing not, that yeah. counters the sorts of plushes on your exactly when you have when you have when you have your um, Rakuten reaching out, you checked attacked once, and then your opponent. I don't know, wants to cantrip for the swords or wants to cast the swords. You can just can't counter it. Okay. Safely. Okay. And yeah. then you are then, then you win. Well, okay. Now, now that that's the place where you got me. If, if I see it like that, I mean I can totally then then it takes a whole different dimension. Yeah. Actually. If if you go more for the, from the value side, it's like um I would it, agree. Ah, it's it just feels so incredible bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is it is I mean it's it's fine, you know. Countering a one it's like trading one mana for one mana or one for one, it's even. Yeah. Kind of. And the zero mana things tend to be quite strong. <laughs> for example, lines of diamond. You know, lotus petals, yeah. A key lotus petal sets, you know, when you think about Stompy, when you think about uh, I don't know, Sneak and Show and stuff like that, or Painter, if you don't have the extra mana, this yeah, deck okay. is not really good. Yeah, but, that's true. But of course, uh, strictly speaking, it's not that about value all the time. But, but the problem I see here is, it's like, if you want to counter the, the petal or the, the mana rocks, how do you know when to counter mana rocks? That, that's it, the, that's it the... always feels wrong to me. That's the, the thing that is uh, a skill that is really hard and it's exactly the thing why car attacks like Delva and Shadow and stuff like that can be very difficult because yeah. these are the things that you need to know then. And, and there is not really a right answer to that at the moment. Typically, you, yeah, you just want to hit them at the right spot that they stumble for one... That if this card is worth one extra turn for you, I think this is then it's then very it's very strong. Shit insane, yeah. Yeah, it's very insane. If that happens, for example, that's that's what what what, uh, what I think has is the potential for this card. It may be that you're right, definitely, definitely. I think it's not that clear. Okay, um, yeah, you you got me here. It's not clear. It's, it's not, not that, clear, that yeah. easy that I thought it was. Only I think what I just read from from Twitter. Um, one, I think uh, Rodrigo Tocoris tested it as in, I don't know in which deck actually, I need to check, but he tested minor misstep and I think another card and he mentioned that every time he drew it, it was amazing for him. Okay. I mean, it was a limited experience. You can't really tell. Yeah, that's true. But I think this is would be a kind of exciting. I, I think it would be would be nice to see where this card is going. Yeah. Oppressive? I don't think so. No, for sure not. I, I'm pretty sure it has put. You got me here that it, it has potential. Yeah. But that's that's a far that, that's far away yeah, yeah, from yeah. being oppressive or anything of the. This Twitter is also not what I'm had. saying. This is also yeah, not yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I I can see it as a one or two of in in some decks that want to utilize the tempo aspect. Yeah. It's to have it at the right spot can be great. And yeah, basically uh, the era where um, how how spell snare was played in in Legacy was like the era where Rakdelva was really strong, 
And mm. the two good threats, uh, the three good threats in Rakdelbe were Tamogoyf, Renantix, and Dreaded Arcanist. Um, yeah. was a wild time. <laughs> um, but there was Spellsnare a one or even a two of. Yeah. Uh, because like the good threats out of Delbo were all uh, snareable. Um, and nowadays uh, we have like the one thing that costs two is like expressive iteration. Everything else costs one. And then you have like Days, Force of Will, and your Murktad Regions. So with Mano Mistip, you get like basically everything out of Delva against their card advantage and their big beater. And yeah, it depends. I can see it even maybe out of a control shell as a one-off, maybe. But yeah, I definitely have to rethink of this card. For sure. For sure. Daniel, you're, you're a great... Uh, <laughs> Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is just i think sometimes the first glance that you have on cards is not that easy this but of course maybe maybe it's just a committed draft shaft i don't know i I'm, i would not really put my whole bet on on, on it that's that's for sure then it's completely garbage yeah it could be could be could definitely be <laughs> but yeah um this i think this episode gets really technical Kind of. Now, with, with all the cards, with the report that we had and uh, with the next topic coming up. Yeah. But actually, you guys have to tell me something about <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I, I got to admit, I haven't read anything of it. I, I know I haven't done my homework and that's why I'm bad at magic. <laughs> but <laughs> it is, I need to do it. But I, yeah. I think uh, when it comes to this topic, um, I, I kind of stumbled on it over Twitter and uh, only did it did not also did not uh, study it extensively, but it is one yeah, that's another. That's what, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> this is one three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> writing everything the the whole cyborg guides and plans. And <laughs> I'm a, a, a really really huge fan of Michael Floors, and I'm not sure if if the listeners actually know know this name, but this is one of the oldest theoretical magic writers ever in my opinion one of the best magic theorists in the world um, because he's also famously hopefully to anybody known for being the author to who is the beatdown the arguably the best magic article from of all time completely agree on this yeah. and he made a new article <laughs> have you read it no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You really, really need to to, to read it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is one of the, the the first lessons to learn, actually. I mean, we, we can go it, but I think I will definitely link it. And and uh, Michael Floss has this nice way of of his style of writing articles is so different. It's very adventurous and lively. He 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 mentions quotations of people, and then he makes interludes in between, and then he kind of builds up the the. Um, kind of um, the, your interest in the topic and then backing it up with stories. He's very a good storyteller as well. And his newest article is about modern burn. And okay. it's about finding th the three gears, as he called it, yeah. of modern burn. Um, so the idea is that typically when you think about modern burn, a very simple deck, right? He kind of brings up the idea that even if the deck is rather simple, when you want to master it, you have to shift gears. Hence, these three gears 
depending on your situation, depending on this backup theory of who is the B-Town, um, on how to operate your deck. The first thing is, for example, the most simple thing that everybody kind of agrees on modern is a combo deck, the first gear. So that modern is just a combo deck. You know, you have seven spells of free damage and then you kill your opponent. Just assemble the combo. That's fine. But if you play it in such a way, oftentimes when you face uh, distinct situations, it gives examples also on that, you might lose because it chose the wrong gear, your wrong strategy behind it. The next one would be suppression. From what um, he thinks burn switches into more of a control deck. So the idea would be to prevent your opponent from executing their strategy. For example, if they have some key creatures, you bolt them, for example, if you really want to stumble them. And then you kind of switch your gear, depending on what kind of situation you face. And for example, a good example of this would actually be Delva. More legacy Burn, this is now a different deck, of course, but Legacy Burn is designed to or should operate as a control deck against Delva. You yeah, just bolt true. all creatures you, and you don't go face because you could be out-tempoed pretty easily. Yeah, and the last thing would be inevitability. This would be something that you would do when you are playing against control decks, that the longer the game goes, your modern deck, even inevitably, will reach its its goals, I think. Uh, you, 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 you really, really, all your cards will deal damage and then you kill your opponent, this idea. And I, I have to look it up, but I think... One of the one of the examples for that would be uh, a situation where we had to suspend the rift bolt even when yeah. when there was a Teferi, the time revel on board. No, he he uh, had his opponent on free lands and he suspended the rift bolt so that he knew his opponent will snap the Teferi into play. Ah, yeah, that yeah. he gets the rift bolt out there and then he just casts three burn spells ah, yeah. because. His yeah. mana was down. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. That's that, very beautiful. That's very, very beautiful. nice. Yeah. Typically, you think, okay, I have to play around the fairy and stuff like that, but you could just, yeah, uh, kind of force it out and overload your opponent. Overload your opponent in that sense, and that's the the inevitability third gear. Very, very beautiful line. And, and a, a lot of these kind of examples are given in 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 the whole article, backed up by a beautiful story. And having these three distinct uh, theoretical aspects of a simple burn deck. And I think this really makes this article outstanding. Yeah, it, it was a really, really great read. I can absolutely recommend the article. It was beautiful to, to read into it because like he personally gets a little bit of personal feedback uh, where he comes from, uh, who he is, who he talked with. Uh, and stuff like that it was like you kind of it was like a conversation with yes. another guy who just introduces uh, him to you uh, it was like really 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 strong of, of a red and definitely can recommend it I think I, I took a few of those things with me and I think this is a good thing because like we learn way too or we study way too less for playing magic actually true so I think for, for Philip, you need to read this article. <laughs> and actually, and, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I need to take a deep dive in because yeah. um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, actually. It's There's just a lot I, of 
don't have that much time uh, anymore at the moment. I certainly need to step up my game. There's a yeah. lot of stuff out there, you know. There is the old dojo that is the kind of website, the first theor th magic theory website where Michael Flores and lots of other guys were authors there and published a lot of articles. And I think, was it... In 1999 or something like this, when was Who is the Beatdown was published? I think the dojo was already 1995 or four okay, out, wow. out there. It was the, really the first website. But there's an archive, a web archive of uh, archive of the dojo available online. So you can have a look at all the articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly need to take a look there. It's and you definitely absolutely. have to read Who's to beat them? Yeah, you and, also, Peter. <laughs> did you know, and there's one kind of anecdote to this, at every article end, Mike Flores writes, love Mike. Oh, that, that's cute. I love it. And the thing is, the reason why he does that is he always writes this in, in capital letters and um, he also likes to transcript his own articles. And when you read it, it says, love Mike, always in that kind of sense which almost sounds like a command. You must love Mike. <laughs> he kind of subconsciously wants people to love him. That's, okay. the, that's the idea why he always writes at the end, love Mike. Okay, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. So here's this all little games going on in this, in this little hints and stuff like this. This is really, really good. So I think um, we are sharing our, or sharing the links in our show notes. Absolutely. So actually, all I have to do is click on the show notes, <laughs> and uh, then I go to the article and uh, don't have to write you on WhatsApp anymore. <laughs> yeah, true. Perfect. So all listeners can do the same. I think it should be now the third or fourth time that we should link um, who is the beaton <laughs> because yeah, like yeah. we talked about it like in every fifth to tenth episode. Yeah, but but we still didn't. Really. Yeah, you know why? Because I may. Uh, I'm always the one who makes the show notes about three to four days after we record. And it's like, well, what did we do? What, yeah, it's difficult. what did we talk about? Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. But. And then I simply can't reach out to you or to you. Okay. Well, um, I think we are wrapping it up here. It was really a great show again. The next time we have uh, our 50th episode. Mm hmm we have to do something special for it. Um, <laughs> we can do an AMA or a Q&A and I don't know. Yeah, and ask us anything would be great. But do you really think we get enough <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah. questions just, in? Yeah, just That depends on you listeners, guys. You really need to step up and give us the questions that you need or want us answered. Well, ask us anything. It would be really cool to have something like that for the 50th episode okay i think if you like what we are doing consider following us on social media it's at response underscore legacy also write us for an ask us anything all your questions you can find me on twitter it's at finnegmtg p-h-i-n-e-k-m-t-g daniel where can we find you you can also find me on Twitter. It is at Flying Delver there. Breakfasting. Where can you find Peter? You can find me painting uh, on Twitter. It's at Unicorn Lord, but the O in the Lord is a zero. In response, 
día. This was an response, a legacy podcast. If you enjoyed the ride, feel free to support the show by following, leaving a review, or subscribe on patreon.com slash response underscore legacy. <laughs>